Hi there, my name is Kelly Cody Grimm. And I'm Max Grimm. And we are Creative Actors Lab. What we want to do is just talk a little bit about how you can bring creativity into your everyday life. Hey everybody, it's Kelly. And Max. And, and our special guest, Amber. Uh, Hi. Yes. And so uh, we wanted to do this very special recording, Amber Writes Children's Stories, that are absolutely charming and so sweet. And in case you all don't know, Amber is our baby girl. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that should probably be mentioned. And, um, you know, actually, uh, this is what you would call a very cold reading of one of Amber's stories. It's called Polly the Polite Possum. Mm -hmm. And um, basically what is going to happen in the next several weeks at a, uh, I guess I can mention the name, the Autry Mill Nature Preserve is going to be opening a special exhibit of wildlife. And one of the uh, things that will be there are possums. Yeah, it's a rehab center. So if you have like an injured possum that you bring in, uh, you can take it there. Not raccoons who are also in this story because they can carry rabies but possums are definitely welcome along with you know other uh small wildlife and this is uh and what is supposed to happen is that amber is going to be reading her story at the grand opening of this and i'm very i'm very excited about this um so we wanted to give you guys kind of a first peek at the story. And then what we also want to do is, you know, just talk about manners. Also, you know, just talk about in society where it seems like that's kind of broken down a little bit. So. It, it has. It, it has. I will say um, my parents, they taught me quite well when it comes to uh, manners and how to behave within society. My father especially could be the most polite charming old school gentleman and i try to replicate that as much as i possibly can it is a dying art mm-hmm. in all of amber's stories there's this um through line of compassion and uh kindness mm-hmm. and really going out of your way to understand and give the benefit of the doubt to other others among us who may just not know any better or that's this is how they got treated and they just don't know any better and this that's just been kind of a through line with all of your stories and i mean um just and just helping others and Mm -hmm. those who are those who are in need and it's um it's a very rare thing that you have amber you're not putting this on for kids you're not you're not this is not a sugar-coated let's all be nice and everything's hearts flowers and unicorns Mm -hmm. and rainbows but 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 it's a very um the thing about these stories is that, that there's a great sincerity to them. That's and, something I uh, have always loved, and I'm going to try very hard to not cry. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us what inspired the story, Amber? Um, we have a little feeder outside we use to feed the feral cats, and it also attracts the possums and raccoons. And when the possums come to eat, they're very tidy. They usually eat first, and then they drink the water, and they clean up them, and they clean up any messes if there's any. And usually if the raccoons have come, what the raccoons do with the feeders is they have figured out how to pop off the top 
And they'll usually be like three or four and they'll usually be one that's on top and they're just eating from the top and then the other ones are eating from under there. And then you've got one that's dunking everything into the water <laughs> feeder. Uh, and sometimes they're fighting over it and yes. making noise and bumping into the sliding glass door. Yeah. So we, we're actually recording this at night and hoping to get this done before the renegade raccoons. So if you do hear what's sounding like knocking at the screen door, those would be the raccoons that inspired yeah. this story. They're just hungry. They mean well. Yes. You know, we're in the South here, so what do we say? Manners. Bless their hearts. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bless them good. Yeah, and, and just um, being that we've spent our entire lives living in the um, uh, southeastern part of the USA. It's like, you know, Southern manners. Uh, yeah. and, and that's something that, you know, I'm seeing so much less and less of uh, these days. But I just... Um, just remember growing up and seeing a lot of the old Southern people and everything is ma'am and sir and please and thank you. Mm -hmm. And everything is, you know, courteousness and graciousness. And I've always really admired and respected that. And that's something that, Amber, you just plain convey mm -hmm. out of the sincerity of who you are. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, this is just a very sweet story. And, you know, I think what's I love about your stories are they do give you an opportunity to have a little discussion afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, so whether it's Polly the Polite Possum, and then we have read some of your other stories. We yeah. have read your other stories in um, in some of the um, um, Zoom classes and Zoom get-togethers. And, um, and we also did a, a, a podcast with a few of them. Yes, we did. And um, there's one in particular... It took, it took me the longest time to not get through without crying. And then when we actually, I was able to do that, and we went to do, we went to have some of our students read it. He was this, there's this big guy named, big teddy bear guy with this big old beard. And, and, and he was like, I was trying not to tear up. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, it's the, the genuineness and the sincerity definitely comes through. Yeah. All right. So let's visit Polly and her friends in okay. the forest. Okay, so here we go. This is Polly. She's a polite possum. She has the best manners, always cleans up after herself, and loves to lend a helping paw. It's impossible to dislike her. It would be like hating a puppy. Who hates puppies? One night after dinner, Polly's parents tell her to always spread kindness, no matter what. What if the person you're kind to isn't nice? Polly asked. Never repay rudeness with more rudeness, Polly's dad says. Why? Polly asked. Someone who's rude is secretly hurting, but in order to make themselves feel better, they have to be mean and put others down, Polly's mom said. Polly thought about this saying all night. She never thought about it that way. The next day, Polly decides to set up a tea party in the woods for all the animals to enjoy. She smiled to herself. This will be so much fun. Then she heard a bump in the bushes. She turned to see two raccoons. She smiled and greeted them. Hi, my name's Polly. What's yours? The boy raccoon rolled his eyes. Name's Bandit. The girl raccoon scoffed. Jim. Polly was taken aback by their attitudes, but then... She remembered what her parents told her. Would you like to join me for the tea party? Polly asked. Whatever, Bandit said. You've got nothing better to do. Jenna scoffed. Polly smiled. Thank you so much. Polly gives the two raccoons a tray full of treats. 
Can you put these cakes on the table, please, and thank you? Yeah, whatever, Jim said. Once Polly's back is turned, Bandit and Jim eat all the cakes and didn't spare one for Polly. When she saw that the trays were empty and the table had no cakes, she was confused. What happened to the treats? Polly asked. We were hungry and they looked delicious, Jim grinned. You should have been watching us, Bandit agreed. Polly was disappointed, but she didn't let it show. That's okay. I have extras. Can you set the table, please? The raccoons rolled their eyes. Whatever, Bandit said. Polly came back to the kitchen to get extra goodies. Bandit and Jim take this chance to do some damage and break all the tableware. Cups, plates, and silverware were broken and shattered into little pieces. Polly rushed out to see what all the chaos was about when she saw the mess. She was devastated. Oops, sorry, Bandit grinned. (laughs) It was an accident. Jim grinned. That does it. No more Miss Polite Possum. You're not welcome to the tea party. Please leave. Bandit and Jim's smug smiles turned to frowns. We're sorry, Bandit said. It's just how we have fun, Jim said. Polly's face softened. Why? My parents fight and it's, it's really loud. My parents split up and they don't pay much attention to me, unless I'm bad. We're sorry. We we ruined your tea party, Bandit said. Can we help you clean up? Jim asked. Sure. Once everything is spick and span, Polly decides to teach Bandit and Jim manners. It's hard for them at first, but Polly guides them and soon they understand. When the tea party started, the raccoons were nervous. What if they don't like us? Jim asked. Don't be silly. They're going to love you. Polly smiled. Oh, no, Bandit says. Just remember what I taught you, Polly said. Polly's friends welcomed the raccoons with open arms. Tea and treats were shared, and they were all on their best behavior, and they weren't rude. By the end of the party, Jim and Bandit had a wonderful time. Thanks for letting us stay, Bandit said. You're welcome, Polly said. The end. All right. There we have it. All right. Well, you know, again, that's very sweet. And you know, one thing I do like about the story in there is, you know, I mean, just even from an acting standpoint, there's a reason why Polly or why Bandit and Jim are misbehaving and it's not just because they're jerks it's because they don't really have people like polly's parents guiding them so by having that guidance and then the compassion that her mom talks about which is you don't know where people are coming from and this could be the reason why they're struggling i think you know that's just a really good lesson is sometimes you don't always know why you know, somebody who's taught kids and you've taught mm-hmm. kids is sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see kids acting out and you can't just assume it's like, oh, okay, these kids are trouble. It's like, what's going on at home? What are you picking up on that you're thinking that this is acceptable? Uh, I have a little story about that. Actually, one of the first teaching jobs I had, I was teaching at a drama camp and uh, there was a lot of kids. We had like, a, we had like 150 kids in that camp. 
I was teaching voice and movement and, and things like that. And there was this one little boy, little Bobby. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I, I really, I wonder where he is. We're talking, this is about 30 years ago. Uh, at the time, Bobby was five years old. And he was the Tasmanian devil. He was so disruptive and all over the place and nuts. And it was significant with him. And the other instructors there really had zero patience with him. I mean, he just, I mean, he could disrupt a room full of 50 kids with no problem. Um, and he got, and he got to be a real issue for whatever reason. I was the only one who could, who could talk to him. And one day I was teaching my class. One of the other instructors comes over with little Bobby by the back of the shirt and said, you know, it's like, Max, I will take over your class if you will just take Bobby out and just talk to him and just get him to calm down. And I went, okay. So we're sitting on a bench outside the classroom and I went, Bobby, what's up? What's wrong? And the kid looks at me and he goes, my daddy is in heaven. (sighs) And I kind of went, aha. And he just told me, uh, this little five-year-old told me his father had died. The, the parents were very young. And the mother got remarried uh, to a much older man. Mm. And that was apparently just not working out particularly well. And so when he would come into this this theater camp where he sees everybody, you know, playing make-believe and dancing and singing and all that, well, like that, then it's just a free-for-all. We can do whatever. And I don't remember what I said to him. I just remember it worked. I have this very simple philosophy, especially when it comes to teaching and teaching students, is um, you know seek first to understand, then to be understood. Mm-hmm. And when the kid would come in and he'd just be this this hell on wheels kid, immediately it was like bad kid, bad kid, don't mm-hmm. like him, get him out. He's gonna you know he's gonna disrupt my flow. He's gonna he's gonna set off the rest of the kids. It's gonna turn. Mm-hmm. And, and and just and just as soon as everybody saw his. Attitude, it was like, he just got rubber stamp bad kid. And mm. it wasn't until I talked to him, I guess he felt like he was, he was being heard and somebody was understand somebody, some tall grown person was, was taking the time to, you know, hear what he had to say and, and why he was. And after that, I mean, he just, he had this thing about me giving him piggyback rides. Oh. And and all that and every we'd start off the day and all the kids would come running and we were in this giant like school cafeteria auditorium with a stage and it was a big old place and he would come running over to me and go swing me around put me up on your shoulder you know Aww. and so we'd spend about five minutes with me giving him piggyback rides and swinging around and you know all that sort of thing and he just after that he just he still had all the energy. But now he was playing with everybody rather than trying to destroy everything inside. I, I just, I, I just think it's so easy to, you know, take somebody at at face value, and even somebody who may be doing some really bad things. So it's like, okay, well, why? Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, too many people in our society are like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Why? It's like, well, what if the situation were reversed? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know. You do project those feelings and things like that on someone else without really knowing where they're coming from. And again, I think that's what you do so well with Polly is now we know where Bandit and Jem are coming from and that things are very chaotic in their life. 
They may be very angry. That's why they're just they're so destructive. And then when Polly goes and she's ready to go, okay, done. And I'm not putting up with this. I'm not accepting this. And then they're kind of like, well, we do want to be accepted. And this is what's happening. And then when she finds that out, she shows that compassion to them. And then, you know, I mean, it'd be great if that if that always happened in real life that quickly. But sometimes it's just those little baby steps. It's yeah. just finding out what that was. And you're not coming at people with judgment. And, you know, that's one thing that, you know, when we're when we're coaching people and I actually just very recently yesterday was working with a group who work with young kids from six weeks to five years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were talking about kids that age generally, you know, they don't, they haven't built up as much judgment as when we get older and as Mm -hmm. adults and we get hit by all that judgment. And then we just decide that we're not good enough. It's amazing. I mean, little kids will just run in and try new things and do the yes and and jump around. And, you know, it's just kind of trying to keep that and just respect that innocence and that just that raw need to have that exuberance. And I think sometimes people are just more likely to go, I can't deal with that today, you know, Bobby's a bad kid. And it's like, Mm. well, let's get to like, I love that, you know, again, that you got to the bottom Mm -hmm. of what was going on with Bobby. And, you know, that's so important rather than just dismissing people as, oh yeah, they're, they're bad. They're misinformed or things like that. You know, it's kind of like, well, why aren't you kind of hanging on to this weird theory? Is it because you feel like people have always dismissed your intelligence and maybe glomming on to this particular group of people or this particular cause is going to make you feel more legitimate. And then somehow this is a group of people that aren't questioning your intelligence. And sometimes when you step back and you can kind of see that's where that person's coming from, and then you just listen to them without judgment, sometimes you can change hearts and minds that way. I will say two things. Mm -hmm. One thing that I think is very important in that story that there does come a point with Polly to where she's like, okay, I'm not putting up with this. Mm-hmm. And there's that self-respect mm-hmm. that she has a self-respect that at that moment, the other two characters do not have. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when someone is behaving out of line, they're behaving like a general jerk and, and all of that sort of thing. It's because they don't have a lot of respect for themselves. They don't see their own value. They don't, they don't realize how valuable they are in the world. So there's like, well, you know, I might as well go behave like an idiot, mm-hmm. but she does, but she does get to a point of like, okay, no, I'm not having this. And I think that's a very important point in all of this. The other thing I think as I remember, I had a professor in college in acting, of course, which was the majority of my college life. But anyway, that, that. he, uh, you know, she said, the, the, thing, the thing that's important about art uh, in general and is that all art, whether you understand it or not, whether you like it or not, whether it's your your taste or your cup of tea or it isn't, is not the point. No, no matter what the art is, be it a play, a symphony, a painting, a story, whatever, is that the person who created it put things together in a very specific pattern. Mm-hmm. That you know, things are, you know, the, the final product came together with this with a certain intention of things. One thing follows another, one thing is put next to another, one note is put next to another, one color is put mm-hmm. next to another for very specific reasons. And it's the um it's the aesthetic of it. Mm-hmm. Now whether you understand or like it or not, it's the point of it is somebody 
took the time to put this thing together in a certain way. And whether you like it or not, is not the point. The fact of the matter is that you respect and you recognize the aestheticism mm -hmm. of whatever the piece of art is. And that's something that is very important in art and society that people come to recognize and respect the aesthetic that someone else has put something together with. Mm -hmm. Even if they agree with it, even if they like it mm -hmm. or whatever, is not the point. The fact of the matter is that you, that you recognize it and you respect it. And I think so often our go-to now, you know, particularly social media, if you had to look at somebody in the face and go, yeah, that was stupid. You are stuck on stupid. What was that? You mm -hmm. wouldn't do that to somebody's face, but oh, if we're on a keyboard, we can sit there. Mm -hmm. and, like Twitter. <laughs> yeah, or, well, like Twitter. now yeah. X. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it's called. Yeah, but, yeah it, but it's so easy mm -hmm. to do that and that negativity. Let me ask you, Amber, what, do you relate to Polly and, and how? Well, I relate to her on terms of like always wanting to be nice and sympathetic to anyone, no matter what their situation is. Mm-hmm. And then with writing this, what did you discover anything while you were writing it? Just what, you know, and how she handled herself with the, the group of people. She handled it by saying, by not being rude, but being more firm, saying, okay, that's it. I'm not having this. Please get out. Yeah, definitely. By having some self-respect. Instead of like, you know, being really mean and shouting and saying, shut up. Mm -hmm. She just said, okay, you're being rude. Please leave. Mm -hmm. But when she, like, heard their backstories and why they're acting like this, she's like, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, and she showed compassion mm -hmm. and then wanted to encourage them to do better. Yeah. And, you know, again, I think that's as much as any of us can ask. Um, you know, I know sometimes we're around people who have very different worldviews than we do. Yeah. And I think it's important to be around people with different worldviews because you do. Maybe you might show people with different ways of like hey we made all these great treats very much like polly yeah you know hearts and minds let's think about you know what we have in common we all love double chocolate brownies we all oh, yeah. like rice krispie treats cool so let's start with that baseline and go from there and just you know try to do nice things for each other you're not going to agree on everything that's kind of boring yeah. But I think just, you know, being able to look at things from a polite point of view. But, you know, I agree with what you said is because we're not looking at people face to face and in the eye, it's a lot easier. Right. Yeah. For people to be rude. And, and again, particularly in social media, it's super, super easy to do that. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I just, Amber, thank you for coming in and doing this. You're welcome. You know, you know every single and I'm, and I'm not saying this because I'm dad and I'm being nice, but, you know, every single thing you've written um, has really touched me in such in such a way that I'm just like, this is such a rare thing. This is mm -hmm. a, a rare and precious quality you have as a human being that you're able to transcribe and put it down mm -hmm. on paper and have, I mean, and, and it's written in such a way that like anybody and everybody can get this and have it hit them on the heart level and that is such a rare gift you know whether it's rapunzel pup which is about a pup that is disabled and then has some other animals that don't understand making fun of her whether it's a cat on the spectrum mm -hmm. that you know and loses the baby their, gorilla and the baby yeah. gorilla and both of them are on the spectrum and they're both trying to navigate things and the way that you put that is pretty amazing and that's 
an earlier podcast. So um, in the notes, I will let you know which stories, if you want to go back and listen to those, those are pretty great. Please do. And then the moon following Boo, who is who again is the cat that's on the spectrum. And then the moon's just trying to encourage him and lead him back home because that's where he needs to go. And they're just, they're very sweet, honest stories. And I think they do tackle things like, you know, again, someone who's different, someone who's on the spectrum. And I think when you do them in the framework of animals, it removes mm. this, the human stigma yeah. and anything cultural from that, where people can just look at these are basic human traits, no matter who you are. These are the universal truths that we have as human beings. And when you put those truths into an animal, it kind of takes that stigma away. So we can just talk about, you know, have you felt like Polly or have you felt yeah. like Jem or Bandit or, you know, Rapunzel Pup? And things like that. So anthropomorphizing. Yeah, there you got Anthro- that. 50 cent an- anthropomorphizing. Word. That's um, basically taking human traits and putting them on uh, animals. Mm-hmm. Bugs, Bunny, Daffy Duck, Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. It's 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 an it's a very old and uh, time tested manner of storytelling that that gets us out of the. Mm-hmm. The humanity of it and mm-hmm. puts and puts us into like a universality. Aesop's fables. Yeah. When we're thinking yeah. about, you know, the tortoise and the hare. It's not yeah. about pe- some people are faster than others, but slow and steady won the race, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so Aesop, again, those are the parables that go back. And by using animals, people mm-hmm. don't feel defensive that they can actually talk about it. And um, it just opens up more discussion. So anyway, I hope this opens up some discussion. Uh, when in doubt, be polite. Say please yeah. and thank you. Hold a door for somebody. Uh, you know, the worst someone can do is go, you're being too polite. What's up with that? Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. But at the end of the day, you'll go, okay, somebody complained about me being too polite. Oh, well, perhaps they were having a bad day. And I'm not going to stop being polite because it makes me feel good. And as you know, as you pointed out, is um, being positive takes more energy on the front end. Mm-hmm. It does. But it gives you more energy on the back end. But being negative robs you of energy. Oh, yeah. And then it, it depletes you. So the more positive that you can be, the more you know energy, the more kindness you can spread. The world just needs that right now. So indeed, be that instrument of change. Be Polly. Yeah. Try to understand where those raccoons are coming from. And then maybe once you do that, you can say, you know what? Why don't you have some trays of treats and cupcakes? And yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening today. And um, next week we are going to be talking about some superstitions and then also ghosts and ghosts and things like that in future episodes. So again, thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you again. Amber, thank you. you. Sincerely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are quite welcome, sweetie. I know Anytime. you traveled a very long distance to be here, and I really appreciate it. I know that. she <laughs> just flew in from Australia. She and just flew in from the living room. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was the jet lag from the living room to here. It's good. <laughs> she's, you see, she's going to be polite and not go, "Okay, mom." <laughs> but thank you, guys. You have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you next time. All my love, guys. See you next time. Bye. 
We appreciate you guys tuning in and keep in mind that you can catch us on our social media, Creative Actors Lab on Instagram and Facebook and by the same name on YouTube. And for more on what we do, you can go to our website, creativeactorslab.com, all one word. Thank you for listening. Stay curious. Make art.org. Much love until next time.